Hello. Yo, yo, yo. How are you? Uh, I'm alright. I'm You think uh, you're alright? not too bad at all. Good. How are you? I'm alright, thank you very much. The sun's come out, things are growing. It's Yes. it's been it's been a good week. Good. So far. So far. Yeah. I had a heated discussion with a friend this week. Mm-hmm. Which was fun. Okay, go on. Tell me more. Tell me more. My friend Was it love at first sight? Oh, sorry. a very good friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, we definitely haven't fallen out. Uh, but he was coming at me with all the bingo questions, which was fun. Wow. And I'm glad to say, I felt like I was on fire with my response. Hey. I felt like Give us I a... got to a place where I can respond confidently. Nice, that's good. So what sort of I think that's... things did you get did you get asked? Uh, the reason we eat animals is because that's what we've always done. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. Why do we have to keep it if, if, if we've always done it? And yeah, just all Such... that, really. Mm. I can't really. I mean, I bought this up now, but I can't really remember the rest of it. But it, it was all around just, it, it's, it's, it's what we've always done, and you're, ne you're never going to get people to change. And I was like, I'm not going to get people to change. It's if you, if you can throw a seed with somebody else and they will, will uh, actively listen to you and it just gives them a little bit of insight that can give them in, an informed opinion on what the facts are, then, then that's all you can do. You're never going to change, but you can try and inform them. Let them know. Yeah, but it's Precisely. what, but it's what we've always done. So why? And then around choice, about you know, I, I even, at one point I even brought the China study up, and about the you know the reason the China study was done was because of the diverse nature of China, where you've got certain areas that you know live on a, a, a vegan diet because that's just how they live, and then you go to other places where they eat a carnivorous diet. Well, that's so you're bringing in choice, then, aren't you? I said, well, no. Okay, that's that's not the area where they're eating smaller, or, or not smaller, um, a more vegan diet. It's probably because that's their only option. Whereas if you go in, I don't know what the areas are of China study, so I'm just a bit boring. But if you then go into cities where they are selling meat and they're richer, then that's what they're doing. So it's not about Yes. choice. It's about if you if you know the facts, you then have the choice to eat what you're going to eat or consume how you're going to consume. So if you're in a situation where that you, you can have the choice not to, why would you do it? Well, that's what we've always done. Oh, Uh, no. it's so frustrating and it's the same thing as as we've said before like slavery women not having the vote poor people not having the vote you know uh just just because it's always been done
doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. That's the whole thing about progress because otherwise we wouldn't have computers because we'd never had them before. So why do we need them now? Yeah. We wouldn't have steam engines because we've always managed fine with horses. Yeah. So I even, why do we need them? I even, went progress. Down, I even went down the road of when was the last time you went into um, a field and killed a cow with your bare hands? Cool. Do you want to know? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to know the answer? <laughs> yeah. He said, well, no, obviously I've never done that. I said, yeah, but you're paying someone to do it. So mm -hmm. the same thing. Give us what we've always done. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's so frustrating. And it, well, it's, uh, also, it's also not quite true, is it? Because we've never industrially farmed no. animals in the way that we do now, mm. it was historically done by necessity in some ways because you didn't have supermarkets, you didn't have avocados being flown in from the other side of the world. And so the option was get a couple of cows, get a couple of sheep, get a couple of pigs, and you know they would feed your family and that yeah. would, would be it. Not yeah. thousands and thousands of chickens being reared and housed in a you know a shit massive warehouse with no windows and yeah. ridden with disease and covered in shit all the time it's that's yeah. not how it was so it, that argument just doesn't add up at all mm. anyway preaching to the yeah. choir there yeah all you can do is give them the information and it's up to them you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink or as someone at work said today you can take a donkey to the ocean, which was, <laughs> they were getting at the same thing, but I just never heard that before. No. You can no. take a donkey to the ocean, like, like I don't know, like on a day trip or, you know, I, I don't know, maybe they like the beach or something, I'm not sure. And they were just trying to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> just trying to confuse me. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh, anyway, right. Shall I tell you about today's guest? Why not? So today's guest asked to join us. No, someone asked to join us someone again. Someone asked no, to not. join us. I know, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm quite excited about this. They are the communications manager for V Label. <gasps> so V Label, if you're not aware, is basically on almost any vegan product you may see a little yellow circle with a green v in it and it will either say vegetarian or vegan wow and that means it's been approved by v label wicked and so today we have tim who is the communications manager for v label fair enough yeah it's very exciting really it's quite exciting yeah and quite often when we have guests on they might have done podcasts before um and so I'll always try and have a listen so that, you know, you can get an idea of what they're like and to try not to ask the same questions that they've already been asked. Yeah, yeah. But the only previous podcast that I could find was in Dutch and my um, my Dutch is, well, is non-existent. So um, I didn't I didn't listen to it. So uh, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, so even and, if you do ask the same questions, at least they'll be in a different language. That's true, actually. Yes, 
I'll just send a link to the uh, to the other podcast, and people can choose if they want to listen to it in English or Dutch. Yeah, that sounds fair, doesn't it? Why not? Yeah, because yeah. V Label is a is a international brand. It's like internationally known for yeah this type of thing. A bit like you see the flower logo, don't you, with the the Vegan Society approve stuff yeah. in a similar way, and the Vegetarian Society. So, in, in, in on that other shitty side of the fence, the red tractor label. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping it's a bit more in depth than that because, as we know from recent exposés, the red tractor label doesn't catfish it. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Maybe edit yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, maybe. So might put some stupidity. Uh, not at all. Not at all. So yeah, that's exciting. So yeah, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to the episode and you enjoy it, why not tell us, or more importantly, tell other people. Give yeah. us a review. Give us a five star review and subscribe and share it on your social media and you know post it on your local family WhatsApp group or. <laughs> if you've got a street a street Facebook page, then put it on there just to make all the neighbours think that you're a proper weirdo. <laughs> oh god, it's those weirdo vegans at number forty-seven again, <laughs> posting their propaganda. Oh, is that all they ever talk about? All they ever talk about. God, they're so preachy. Why can't they just live and let live? <laughs> it's the circle of life, though. You know, it's Oh, I wish they'd go off to a desert island with a pig. Yes, yes, exactly. Anyway, if you fancy uh, being sent to a desert island with a pig, then why don't you email us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not email us? That would be a good yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely do that. Um, um, even if you don't yeah. like, even if you don't like the podcast, just tell us how great we are. Um, yeah, that would be nice. That'd be great. And uh, yeah, email us. Uh, what is it? How I vegan podcast at gmail.com. It's the one. Yeah. yeah. So today's guest works for V Label. You may have seen their yellow and green logo on some of our on some of the vegan products that you buy. And we're going to find out the process that they go through to classify products with communications manager, Tim De Smith. It's so nice to meet you, fellas. Yes, it's, no. it's take, taken a while to get set up, but we're here now. That's the main thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How's your chair, Matthew? Because I, I know that previous episode <laughs> was squeaky. So. Oh, that's good research. That's good research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm subscribed. So like I have... I'm. I'm a bit of a hoarder, I have to say, regarding podcasts. Um, but yeah, no, no, I I've listened to a couple of things already. Um, wow! And I will I will do more in yeah in the future. It's it's nice. There's so so many resources out there, and it's always nice to see you know new podcasts pop up. So I'm very enthusiastic to be here as well. So uh, yeah, nice excellent. to meet you. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you. I'm 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 glad you've listened to two podcasts and you still agreed to come on. Um, that's really I've, good. I've listened to parts because they are they are quite lengthy um yes. that, that i have to say but that is great because you get you know you take the time and everything to go through um yeah but um 
I did a bit of exploration, but yeah, you're in my uh, in my list now. So um, yeah, yeah, I'll Excellent. give them full listens. Absolutely. Excellent. That's another listener. We might be in double figures by the end of the year. Um, <laughs> so I, I tried to do a bit of research as well, Tim, and I found that you'd been on a podcast back in March. Yeah. Um, but it was in, I think, Dutch. It's in Dutch, yeah. And it... um, my, my Dutch is even worse than my English. So, um, <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> I, I, I didn't listen to that one, I'm afraid. But, um... No worries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a Dutch I one. I'm, I'm Flemish do. myself, so uh, that was uh, that ah, was okay. an easy one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, you're you're our second Belgian then that we've had on. I think if that's oh okay. correct, we had Trudy on last summer. Who's oh in, yeah, uh, Bruges. Exactly. Yeah, no, no. I saw that as well. I hadn't I haven't heard the episode yet, but um, yeah, Hertru, Hertru uh, Kazu. Yeah, um, she's fabulous. Um, we've met, and yeah, she's. I'm from Bruges actually as well. No and she, yeah, she's got a fantastic guide on on restaurants in Bruges. She's got a nice blog, um, mm-hmm. but she's an academic as well. Like she has some really great insights as well on on you know speciesism and so forth and ableism and everything. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely fantastic person to to have on. That's definitely an, uh, an episode I'll have to listen to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I first came across her when I went to Bruges for a, for a city break and nice type typed in on Instagram. Bruges vegan I think and and she came up and so just sent her a message and she sent a list of about 15 different places to go visit <laughs> yeah, exactly. in, uh, in two days which was um yeah which was which was fantastic she was a great guest and you're absolutely right about the academia I mean our minds were blown by the end of that conversation yeah. we just yeah. we both had to go and have a lie down yeah yeah you've set the bar <laughs> high with that one <laughs> I'm going to walk just right under that. <laughs> yeah where, where are you fellas based where are you guys based Where'd so I'm, I'm I'm originally from Northampton. Um, I now live just northeast of Manchester, near a okay. place called Rochdale. Okay, nice. And and I'm also um, originally from Northampton, and I live just a little bit up the road in Kettering. So it, it's like sort of in the Midlands. It's the bit that uh, people pass through on their way to more interesting places. <laughs> All right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. they, they, leave, they leave London, and so I'll just carry on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. it. Yeah. How yeah. about you? Whereabouts are you, Tim? You mentioned that you're originally Flemish. Whereabouts are you? Yeah. Um. So, um, I've I've never had a stable base, and I'm actually I don't know if you can actually see it. That is a palm a palm tree <laughs> behind me. Um, I've been living in Spain for many years, off and on. So I went back to Belgium. I lived in London, Costa Rica, Australia, and so forth. But I always seem to come back to Spain. Um, and I'm now trying my hand at living in northern Spain. Um, because I was in Catalonia and Barcelona for many, many years, which is just a, I wouldn't call it a vegan paradise, but it comes close. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here I am 50 meters away from a dairy farm and it's oh. mind boggling. It is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's quite nasty. Mm. Um, and yeah, two days ago, I decided I'll be moving back to Barcelona where my contract is up and the summer is gone because yeah. it's. Yeah, there's it's there's no comparison. Nature-wise as well, it's all in light of animal husbandry and so forth. And to me, that's just when you have it every day right in front of you, it yeah, is detrimental. The coastline is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, it is beautiful, I have to say. Mm. But uh, as with many things, humans have ruined it. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. That is uh, w- one of the questions I saw as well. Um, do you have hope for the future? <laughs> and that's mm. like it's easy to drift into into that aspect. Right? So very much. I, so. I know. I know. Yeah. 
V label then we've all seen the um the little yellow and green logo yep. uh, on some of the many of the products that we buy it's, it's yep. a, a massive massive thing not the logo the logo is small but uh, you know <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's it's on so many different products yeah what's what what's the process then for for getting your logo on a on a product so that's um that seems like an easy question, but it's actually a bit complicated because honestly, before I started at V-Label, um, I, you know, I, when I started out as a vegan myself, you know, um, that was really a lot of help that I got from the label, but I didn't really consider like, how does it end up on packaging, right? It's like, what is the whole procedure? And I have to say it's quite stringent. So we have a quality, uh, quality management team um that does a lot of the auditing work they look at um you know the 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 raw materials that are used for the products uh, the recipes and so forth there's a threshold as well for certain contamination uh which is very low and that information can um i think normally be found on our website as well but definitely for manufacturers and brands is made available so actually how the the process really starts is through our partners because I work for the international team, but we're a small team um, with just well over a dozen. But we actually work with more than 30 partners worldwide. And that is the really cool thing. And we're really expanding now as well. That we have, for example, in, in Spain um, is the, the Spanish Vegetarian Union. And they work with brands, manufacturers, retailers locally to actually um, see if they want to license some of those products. And then they start that licensing um, process, which can take up to a couple of weeks. Normally we're quite fast, but they do a really in-depth investigation of what is really in there, um, what, where is it manufactured and so forth. And once that uh, is met, they sign the contract and um, then it can end up in the packaging, but they have to adhere to a style guide as well. And what is actually quite interesting is since January, we've differentiated our labels because we're still very inclusive of vegetarian products, although that's an absolute minority of um, all the licensed products. Because, of course, we know as well that people sometimes just want to reduce. They want to cut out certain things and not yeah. other things as a first step. Um, most of us are, are definitely vegan. I'm very mission aligned, uh, of course, with that as well. But we do it to to just showcase to people like this is a vegetarian product. If you want to just cut out already the meat, the fish and so forth, the animal itself, that's one way to go. And those labels now look different. So they now have a green background instead of, instead of the same label, which is vegetarian um, below. Because yeah, in the past I've had it as well. I came home very excited with something new and then you look at it and oh, it's vegetarian, it's not vegan. So mm -hmm. that was um, a drastic change, but a necessary one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's quite a complex process, and there's quite a lot of uh, work behind the scenes. But yeah, very happy that you've that you've seen it around and, and that you're familiar with it. Yeah, I think um, probably vegan magnums is uh, the most exciting one that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing; it's very Pavlovian, isn't it? Like whenever I see the label anywhere, and it's on a product I don't know. I'm immediately drawn to it because it it's so easy to identify. So yeah, it's it's really nice when, especially when it's like on on a you know product like Magnums that you don't really um, always see when they make something vegan and and it just jumps out. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned about the vegetarian thing as well. I've, mm. I've got that on my list on my, uh, down here that to 
to ask you about because um for example uh my son likes those you know like noodles or not pot noodle but it's similar to pot noodles and yeah. they're in different flavors and some of them have they've all got the same logo on but yeah. some say vegan and some say vegetarian and i've nearly been caught out yeah thinking oh yeah there they go oh yeah no wait a minute hold on it's got milk in it Exactly. Um, brands, so now through all these partners, um, and that's why it's really good as well for um, for the brands themselves because they're in touch with a local partner um, in their language and so forth. And our mm. partners um, have been distributing the new label since January as well to um, those brands. And they've they've been, they've been given a, a deadline of about approximately two years to change over the packaging. And we do give them some leeway as well to make sure they use the new labels because of course, we don't want anything to go to waste. We don't want to up their costs, especially for for um, small brands that have a little turnover. They might have packaging that they need for, you know, a year or two actually, especially if, you know, it's still within the expiration date. And as well, we know that even though it's, this, you know, the same size of label, for example, it is reprinting and everything and maybe even getting a graphics designer. So we know it comes with a cost. Mm. So we're not pressuring brands all too much, but we know that it'll phase it'll phase out. And of course, for brands itself uh, themselves, it's better to have the new label because people will be able to differentiate easily, and and it'll draw even more attention. So, um, yeah, within a couple of years, um, we know that that won't happen anymore. You won't come home as a vegan with vegetarian products. No. <laughs> so, do you get brands coming to you, or do you seek out those brands? Both. Uh, so definitely both. Um, retail is the same. We do a lot of um, B2B you know, content generation as well, for example, on the website. Uh, we've got a webinar uh, coming up um, in two weeks' time. Um, so actually the 7th of June uh, in light of World Ocean Day regarding um, plant-based seafood and fish alternatives and so forth. And um, we do get a lot of attention and, uh, of course, leads through that, brands that might be interested and so forth. So we do reach out. Um, we go to trade fairs as well, which is always very interesting. Mm. But, yeah, brands do come to us because they know us. They see as well that competitors have it. And as well, they know that, of course, the amount of, of vegans, uh, vegetarians, but more than anything, people who reduce and flexitarians, is growing significantly and it just makes it so much easier. So if they want to be competitive as well, and we see that with big brands that are not too in their core mission aligned, um, they carry the label as well because they know it's a big benefit because normally their their products are not always, you know, vegetarian or vegan. Oh, if you hear any slurping in the background, that's just my dog having a drink. <laughs> that's, uh, this is, um, yeah, very no real problem. podcasting indeed. <laughs> it's all right. It makes it all the more natural. Yeah, exactly. It's not like I'm uh, in, in a lush garden with a fountain or anything for the listeners that they think, oh, like, yeah, not in Spain. No, no, it's, it's just my dog. Retailers as well are very much recognizing right now that they have to cater to a wide audience and really make sure that they con their consumers can easily find the things. Um, Lidl is just exemplary uh, in, in that regard because, for example, the, the German Lidl already indicated that they definitely want to have more and more vegan products. They have a really big range, for example, as well. And you mentioned, you know, the label, you know, it's, it's, it's big, but it's quite small. Well, actually, they printed out quite big so sometimes you have oh. these posters or folders and it's it's amazingly big um the label that's on there so that's the nice thing they do a lot of that promotional work 
of veganism actually uh, for us. So yeah, that's definitely something that we like that those brands actually push it as well in a very positive manner to consumers. Like, just try this, you know. Mm. Mm. I've, seen, I've seen like a couple of times on social media um, about people that you said about Lidl and that their 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 plant based range is cracking as as we know. Yeah. But there's been some sometimes you see on social media where people have gone into places like Lidl and it turns out that it's got the vegan label on it, but it isn't vegan. It's got milk or something in it. Is that just a, an error or is that something that like? Oh, normally little is, is uh, very strict as well, but there, because they, of course, they don't produce everything themselves. They work with manufacturers. Right. Um, and um, the auditing process and so forth is, is, quite strict and very very diligent so that would definitely surprise me mm. um i don't know of, of of any of those real world examples myself i maybe in the past maybe it has happened i'm absolutely not sure um i mean mistakes can happen that yes. is that is uh, definitely the case but from my knowledge especially with a retailer like little where they were actually pushing a lot of their manufacturers as well to, you know, to get the label so they can get them in, in the range and everything like that. I don't know of any examples. There's, for example, one um, um, one situation that I can talk about for sure, um, but that's more difficult. That was in gastronomy um, because Burger King have their vegan burger yeah. and everything from, of course, the ingredients to the procedure of how to make it that it's not in the same fryer or the same pans or anything like that, um, that it's all completely separate from anything from uh from, with animal ingredients um normally you know that procedure burger king as well they do their own inspections and everything like that to make sure that people follow those procedures right. but in germany um i think was it in november december um there was an undercover news uh story where they actually went into burger king and um you know as workers whatever and they actually were instructed by someone there no it doesn't matter just take the meat patty instead of the vegan one and you know we just sell it as the vegan one oh, that is of course God. not yeah that's that's a difficulty right that's like that's one individual person whom yeah. maybe really doesn't you know give a i don't know what word i can use on, on your podcast <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah, yeah um, right. but yeah that that doesn't you know say anything about Burger King themselves because they do have the intention of really offering, you know, more and more plant-based products as well to the market. They know that they have to adapt or perish. Um, so they, they want to do the good thing, but then again, sometimes it's in the hands of just one person and there it can go wrong. And of course it got a lot of media attention and especially of course, vegans, vegetarians, you know, they're absolutely disgusted by that so they don't want to mm. go anymore so that's why the trust in the label for us is incredibly important um mm. someone who's flexitarian they might not have that moral disgust they might just want to reduce they they have no problem in itself maybe with eating animal products but still when even they order a vegan product they want to know sure that that's what they're getting but yeah imagine being a vegan and going to to burger king a week later you see, you see that yeah exactly on the news so mm. that's the difficulty, right? Um, for mm. us, it's impossible to, you know, install cameras in every Burger King, for example, in Germany, and watch every vegan burger that they make. So in that sense, you can't always 100% guarantee. But with all the audits we do, with all the work our quality management team does, and all the partners actually, how how um, hard they work to make sure um, it's as safe as possible. 
yeah, it, it would amaze me if something like that for little that would slip through the cracks. So in that sense, yeah, we we do. That's a thing, right? How do you talk about guaranteeing that something is 100% vegan? Evers can be made, but um, yeah, no, we do our absolute best to make sure that you know what you actually get. Oh. There's always a lot of trust when um, somebody else is preparing your food isn't there yeah. you, you have to put a lot of trust in the person like you say all it needs is one disgruntled member of staff who says do you know what screw these vegans i'm gonna give them yep. meat um, but with, with big what can you do yeah yeah, well, yeah oh absolutely massive they, repercussions but they, they lost their license uh, burger king germany have have lost their license really wow. yeah, yeah oh yeah absolutely that because we i mean and let's be honest that is income as well that is licensing of so many restaurants and everything so mm. Um, you know, that that's the thing. Um, I mean, we make money from the licenses so we can grow, so we can invest in more and more brands and everything, pushing retailers mm -hmm. as well to take vegan products in and everything. Um, a lot of our revenue goes back to the partners as well, and they're always mission-aligned local NGOs. So that's the great thing. But yeah, like once we know, oh, you know, this damages the trust that a consumer might have, out that's the thing. Like you yeah. have to adhere to that as well, and you have to be strict in that. So Absolutely. we hope we can restore that trust for them, and that they can actually mm. show. You know, we're definitely going to do our work, but we know as well for them, it's the same with just normal hygienic procedures, right? It's like anyone can put anything in your burger. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the thing, as you say. Unless you go to Austria, Burger King Austria, bring it on. Oh, Burger, okay. with burger King Austria. Got, you've got like proper vegan Burger Kings, haven't they? Oh, yeah, the fully vegan ones. Yes. Sorry, yes. I yeah, I'm, that. I'm not sure if it's still... I I don't know if it was temporary. Um, I, think it's, oh. I think it was one one restaurant was is still going. Okay, that's... Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's... Uh, so, oh, Tim... Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> while he Googles that. Have you, have you ever gone out to... Has a company ever asked you to, to go out and check their procedures and stuff, and you found out that there's an aluminum ingredient that they were completely not aware of. And it's come as a massive shock to them because for example, um, things like I found out only last week that there's something that sometimes is put in bread that's made of duck feathers oh. and sometimes isn't wow. made of duck feathers and it's got the same name. So you yeah. wouldn't necessarily know whether one you've got is vegan or not vegan. So yeah. Has that cropped up that, you know, um, not that I know of then again, um, I'm not directly involved with quality management. Um, so I do help taking care of those urgent matters, for example, with Bur Burger King, but as well certain mm. um, um, European legislation that was passed that they will be allowed to even put like, you know, uh, crickets and, you know, other insects, for example, in, I saw that. in food. Yeah, yeah, those those things are just crazy. So um, yeah. I have it in my hands as communication, but not in the audits and everything. The thing is as well that we ourselves don't do those audits uh, ourselves because, of course, you can imagine we work with almost 5,000 brands now. Um, oh, really? About, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, about 50,000 products. So it's very difficult to just go in there, do the visits, um, because we're not, you know, like inspectors in that in that sense. So mm. we do work together with other uh, organizations who are actually specialized in that, and we definitely do so. But the thing is as well, um, our quality team gets the whole list of the uh, the raw materials the raw ingredients and the producers as well and they will actually check um with the producers from those raw materials as well 
really where it's sourced and what it contains. So that's the thing, right? You always have cross-contamination if it's made in a factory, for example, or product pl plants where they use for the same kettle, anything like milk, it has to be on there, can mm. contain traces of. So that's something that no one can avoid really. Um, but to me, it would be very surprising once again, like especially if it's something like bread, which is quite straightforward. E-numbers can be a bit tricky, but even there, they go to the producer and look at, mm. you know, that product has the same name and it can be from um, plant origin or animal origin. Which one is it that you use? And if they indicate, oh, we use either, well, then the recipe isn't considered uh, vegetarian or vegan. So in that sense, it's it's discarded. So they do, they do have to get the guarantee, absolutely. Yep. Well, it's really complicated, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. To me, it's mind-blowing. The, the thing is as well that um, every country is very different. All producers work on a different uh, uh, level as well. And um, a lot of these manufacturers... Um, are all over the world. They're global, mm. but they source um, from different um, um, manufacturers, producers for raw materials, and they make it at different plants. So even if you have a, comp a composed ingredient, it can be made in various locations worldwide. And for the same kind of product, if it's manufactured in one country, uh, it might be vegan, but in another one, maybe not. And to me, that is still something that you know, I'm trying to <laughs> to grasp because it is it is so complex. So, yeah, mm. in the end, you just see the label on the on the product, but there's so much going on behind the scenes. And I have to yeah. do shout out to our quality management team and all the partners involved in that because they're really the experts. And it's it's a tremendous amount of work. So yeah, no, I I absolutely love it as well because it gives you that that trust as well that people put, you know, a lot of their uh, efforts um, in making sure that you know, you get the right stuff. Mm, absolutely. Um, I only learned recently, um, I think through listening to the Compassion and Cucumbers podcast that in okay. the US, yeah. uh, in the US, bone char is added to sugar. Yeah. That is... Which is like the, well, literally the, the bones of animals to yeah. make it, I don't know, to make it whiter. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, that that can happen. Fortunately, that isn't done over here. So that that's a perfect example of an ingredient that over with uh, across the EU and the UK, I'm pretty sure is going to be just sugar. And over yeah. there, it's it's not even vegan. Like, yeah. what's going on? And exactly. yet, like you could have a, you know, a a product here that's uh, got the vegan label on it, and you go over there on holiday, perhaps, and think, oh yeah, I've had that at home. It's fine. And you don't even notice it hasn't got the logo on it. And it turns out yeah. it's because it's got sugar made of animals yeah. on it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They put it in everything and it's it's not even necessary, but we all know that there's a lot of money involved just to make sure that they can put that amount of, of ingredients in there as well to have that distribution up the price, even with a couple of cents and, and make a lot of, a lot of cash uh, with it as well. And yeah, exactly. And that's why we're very happy to have those those local partners as well who are there in the country who mm. can actually work to do those checks as well. Because otherwise, you know, it's it's very difficult to to manage it as just one central um organization, one um one organization to just go after all these recipes and all these raw ingredients. So but yeah, it's it's tremendously complex and Honestly, I think it'll become even more complex because now we're expanding into markets where 
and veganism is still very new even mm -hmm. for manufacturers so they might actually think oh yeah that like what we make is vegan but they haven't considered for example the recipes of you know the the, the ingredients the composed composed ingredients that they buy themselves because they have never you know it's like inception you know <laughs> like there's so many levels to it um so yeah you have to go a bit so if michael kane's in it then with the logo <laughs> does that mean it's it's a dream or it's not a dream I, sure. I, I, I think quite violence. Michael Gain is quite known for, you know, like the violence yeah. films as well, right? Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I'd rather have, uh, what's what's his name? Um, the um, amazing, amazing actor um, from Babe. Uh, yeah. James, James something? Yeah, James Cromwell. That sounds right. Yeah, oh, maybe God. I don't know. I'm, yeah, bad with it. But uh, oh, yeah, on. no. If if you want to get an actor in there, like I I I'd sleep better <laughs> for sure. <laughs> hold on, I'm frantically checking now. Yeah, yeah. James Cromwell. James Cromwell. Yes, well done. Our research department was on it. We've been yes. oh, nice. <laughs> very good research department. Yeah, they, we don't pay them enough. I don't think. No. no. <laughs> So, so Tim, what's your vegan story? What made you change? So it began um, over 20 years ago. I wouldn't say I was such a young lad. <laughs> I'm 42 <laughs> now. So, um, yeah, it, it started actually in the hardcore punk scene in, in Belgium. So um, that's where I come from. And in Belgium, there was a very strong vegan straight edge movement. For people who don't know what straight edge uh, means, it's that you abstain from drugs, alcohol, um, promiscuity, that is quite open to interpretation. Same with drugs, of course, like caffeine, there's people who abstain from that as well, um, and everything. But yeah, the veganism was definitely a part of that. And there were a lot of bands actually promoting that message. And in that movement, it was... Yeah, it was so easy as well to find vegan food and people speaking about veganism as well on stage as off stage. And when I got into the scene, I had a lot of resistance as well to veganism and the whole message. I still smoked, drank a lot of alcohol and so forth. Um, and to me, those are completely disconnected from each other. Um, but I became first straight edge. And then uh, about a year later, I actually went vegetarian after a lot of debates and a lot of cognitive dissonance a lot of resistance but yeah i decided okay let's try i'm going vegetarian and after half a year i felt like why am i even still eating anything from animals and at Iperfest, which is a belgian uh hardcore festival which has always been fully vegan very diy very green and everything um yeah amazing fest and I decided to go vegan there and then. And a friend who had been vegetarian ever since she was like 10 said, like, I'm going vegan with you. And we just decided there and then to just, um, yeah, to, to just not participate in it anymore. And that was really nice because I, even though like it's it's been more than 20 years now, and you might think like, oh, that must have been really difficult. I felt very supported because, you know, my best friends, you know, were vegan, um, food at home, you knew, you know, 
veganese and everything like that. You know, it was it was so easy to get by. I went to so many hardcore shows like on a weekly basis as well. And you know, you can always get something, you know, to eat and everything and you feel supported. So that really helped me to, you know, not have to feel isolated. Um, so that was definitely great. And yeah, I haven't looked back since, of course. So only going forward. Fantastic. That's excellent. So I think that level of support is a really key thing. So mm. Wes has been vegan about six weeks longer than me. Both our wives are vegan. Having that little that little quad of fellow yeah. vegans right from the start yeah. made such a difference. I think doing it by yourself in a family setting, especially where you're having to cook your own meals and source all your own food and everything like that, yeah. that would be a real struggle, wouldn't it? I think that would be yeah. really hard. Yeah. No, it it was honestly, I'm I am quite feisty. I was a lot more stubborn, <laughs> but that's the thing as well, right? Um, like it was a paradigm shift for me as well, and that what to me, I know that's one of the questions that you normally would ask as well, like what made going vegan difficult or what is difficult to being vegan. It's of course, as you say, the surroundings when you don't have that that safe bubble around you where people understand where you come from. And once you make that paradigm shift and you see violence all around, so that's now that I live in, in Northern Spain, uh, yeah, I, I see farms everywhere. I see these cows that I know that within a couple of weeks won't be there. Uh, I see the calves and everything. Um, I see as well, um, you know, the forest that they cut down to put eucalyptus trees and then cut those down every three, five years or something like that. You see all that violence around you that, when you grow up, you're blind to because it's just very normal. It's it's mm -hmm. necessary, you know, the, the three ends and everything. Um, but once you make that click, it's very difficult to, in your mind, at least for me, to be peaceful inside and out. And yeah, I had some of the typical angry vegan debates, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I cooked my own meals. And honestly, I have to say, like, even 20 years ago in Belgium, there were options already because people have been, you know, walking that path and there were bio shops and everything where they had, of course, just ecological stuff, but vegetarian and vegan stuff. And even with the V label. So I have to say, um, yeah, exactly. Just, just a couple, but that were absolutely um, available already. And that's the thing. Like once you switch the mindsets, to me, it was never difficult, like leaving stuff off my plate. It was just dealing with society. But um yeah, no, it was definitely an interesting journey. Yeah, but I'm mm. happy that you have that, you know, that connection in your family and and um, yeah, that you know people to rely on and and they speak the same language more or less. Yeah, because mm. um, certainly in the early days when you might be having a bit of a wobble and thinking, oh God, this is really difficult. You know, you've just got that other person to say that. Oh, that'd be ridiculous. Come on, yeah, put yourself to get that kind of thing. Exactly, you know, we can we can do it. And but it's certainly. Sorry, I think, it's, I think it's fascinating how that switch works as well, because you, for me, I, I went overnight and, you know, the, the Sunday before I'd watched Cowspiracy, I'd have been drinking milk and eating whatever I was eating. And mm. the next day I couldn't have thought of anything worse. Yeah. That's, you know, it's that, that switch will never go back. It's, yeah. You know, mm. it's, it's such and an then, odd, odd feeling. Yeah. And consistently, the answer to the biggest struggle question is other people. It's not about food. Um, mm. It's about 
knowing what other people do. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, yeah, which is really hard to, hard to get over, isn't it? Yeah. To just see it. it. Like you said, like you were saying, you know, you live just up the road from a dairy farm. And yeah. That just must be so difficult. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because that's the thing, like in Barcelona, I lived on the edge of Barcelona, right next to the forest and everything was just really nice. And that's where I'm actually moving back as well. So I've got a vegan city, but I still have nature and everything. Um, and the thing is that there I felt very shielded because a lot of my friends are vegan. There's a lot of lots of places to go. People know what it is. Um, there's a lot of big farms there, but that means as well that apart from the occasional truck that you see passing by with pigs, big farms are closed. Um, <laughs> which I know because I've visited, visited them several of them <laughs> at night. Wow. Uh, actually, yeah, and they're not always that easy to get into. But here. <laughs> It's very different because, um, you know, it's animals that are outside. You see them all the time. And um, these farms have their doors wide open. So I walk around in the neighborhood and there's several farms around. Um, and you, yeah, I mean, you can just walk in if you'd like to. And you see these animals just, yeah, the ones that are not outside, especially, you know, um, the cows that, are, you know, have just become mothers. Um, they're just in there. And you hear them as well. And I, I saw, and, and sorry for the um, the visual description, but I saw a farmer a couple of weeks ago just pushing a little calf into into one of those those typical transportation trucks. Um, and you know where they're headed. And that's the thing. It's It just doesn't feel all too safe. So, yeah, if you think about mental health, to me, that is, that is not good. Because here, veganism is so new that I don't have these people to rely on. I don't yes. know any vegans here myself, and I've been oh, here for wow. about half a year. So yeah, that's reason why I'm that's moving back work. as well. Yeah, mental mm. health is is detrimental. So your context, no matter how hard you try to be stoic or zen, does have that impact. And I think we do need to recognize that as well. That sometimes it's it's very hard to cope. Yeah. yeah. I know you interviewed yes. as well, um, and the singer I thought it was from Vistopia, and I know Vistopia is that that term as well from the book regarding really like how you see the world as, and how you deal with it and mm -hmm. everything. And yeah, that's 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 very much the case. Um, it's very difficult to deal with sometimes. Yeah. There's nothing better than a hunk of prime Labrador steak, wonderfully marbled. And that is almost entirely dependent on how it's produced. Elwood's organic dog meat has complete control of this entire journey. So I'm here at Elwood's farm to find out a little more about it. Welcome to Elwood Farms. Thank you very much, Elwood. I hear you do a bit of barbecuing. I do, a little bit of barbecuing every now and then, yes. From a chef's point of view, consistency is key for everything. It doesn't matter if it's a Rottweiler ribeye, a Pyrenees mince, or a lab sirloin. You can always tell when the dog comes from a place where it was well reared. And every step has to be right, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, you should see these guys! So, from an Elwood's point of view, there's complete traceability. Absolutely. Unrivaled traceability, so it's fine. Every single piece of dog meat? Yeah, from pub to farmer's market. Everything the dog's been fed? Everything about it. For each dog? Yeah. Only Marks and Spencer's and Whole Foods do this. Where else can people order from? From ElwoodDogMeat.com. That's E-L-W-O-O-D. DogMeat.com. For top quality meat from dogs for people. Meat that's local, sustainable and humanely harvested. 
there's only Elwood's organic dog meat. <laughs> they seem pretty friendly, don't they? They're more responsive to me than my kids, to be honest. You said when you went vegan, then you and your best friend went at the same time. So that was a that was a great support. But how what was the your fat like your family's reaction and other friends? I'll I'll be honest, like most of my friends were already in that kind of space and I did have discussions with people after recently becoming vegan even, just having um very intense debates with people who had been vegetarian for many, many years. But I felt like you know, like I was vegetarian for half a year. Now I'm vegan. Like I don't understand why you don't. So even within that space, um, we had a couple of those those reactions. But that's the thing. Like they all knew. Like all the people I hung out with practically knew what veganism was and so forth, and and definitely respected it as a choice. So that was easy. Um, family, yeah. I mean, my mom's mostly vegetarian. My dad and brother aren't. Um. I wasn't able to convince them. That's the most difficult, you know, um, thing of all, I think, anyhow. But, yeah, because, I mean, I, I wasn't a teenager anymore. I was, you know, um, 20, what is it, 21? Uh, you know, it, it wasn't like I had to justify myself all that much. I could go to, to the store, just get my own stuff and, and cook my own meal as well in that sense. So that made it a lot easier. And not long after, I went um, living by myself anyhow. So... You know, in in that way, it makes it a lot easier as well. I can imagine if you're a child and you know you get yanked away from that that typical worldview, and you don't want to participate, and you truly see where the where the food comes from, but you're six or eight or ten. Um, you know, Peter Singer calls them the the Vincians, right? The the people who come to the conclusion without any any um, external inputs on on nudging you towards veganism, who actually have that innate empathy and compassion already. Which yeah. right now, I think, in the digital age, is very difficult to do because you know, I think most most people in the Western world have seen um, you know the, the the vegan messaging and so forth, but. Um, yeah, I can't imagine what it must be as a child to be in that situation with parents that, you know, very reluctant to actually cater to your, um, yeah, ethical desires there. So um, to me, it, it wasn't, you know, um, I definitely don't want to victimize myself in, in that situation um, because, it, you know, it still felt very much as, as I can at least choose what I eat. I don't have to fight with anyone. And if I don't want to eat it, I don't want to go to a restaurant or anything. I can I can decide it as an adult for myself. So yeah, yeah that that definitely felt privileged. Um, uh, even even then, even when the alternatives weren't that abundant, um, it definitely felt like you know I'm I'm very privileged that I can make that decision and no one can stop me or or oblige me to eat anything that comes from an animal anymore. No. That's good. I like that. Did you feel that anything had changed when you made that transition? Like mentally, physically, anything like that. Obviously, you were vegetarian before, so it might not have been that. Yeah. Um. Physically, I mean, when you're in your early twenties, like you, they can throw a rock at you, right? Like <laughs> I'm double the age now, and that, that definitely isn't the case anymore. Um. But I do think, well, yeah, actually, I always had an upset stomach even as a child, and I don't know if it was any 
you know, lactose intolerance. I didn't have any allergies or, or anything, but um, it it did good for my stomach. But I have to say, like, I've always been quite healthy apart from my, you know, couple of years as, as a late adolescent with the drugs and everything like that. But I had gone, like, completely drug-free and smoke-free the year before as well. And I think that had a big impact as well. So, um, you know, that muddles the experience as well. Um, mentally, yeah, I, I remember, especially those first couple of years, that it was a very active reminder every day. Like, I am so happy I'm vegan. And even though you deal with, this, you know, society, family and so forth, and many people not understanding or teasing, like at work as well, when you're having lunch together and so forth, um. Like I still very much woke up most of those days like, wow, what a good decision have I made. And honestly, like still now, like I walk around and I feel so grateful as well. And I think that's that's quite important for our you know, mental health as well. Like I'm doing mm-hmm. my part to cut out that suffering and I don't want to play that role. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm I'm very grateful as well for um, you know, the people who then, uh, especially my best friend then, who had been vegan for a couple of years already, he pushed me so hard as well. And I I remember that with a, with a group of of hardcore kids, we were sitting around and having fries and burgers, and I was the only, I think I was the only non-vegetarian, non-vegan person, and. Um, I actually went vegetarian then because one of the guys, um, you know, imitated an animal with the sound with every bite I took. So it was very much oh. a trolling, teasing kind of thing. But the other way around, because the majority, of course, were already vegetarian, vegan, and I was the one out. And that yeah. felt like a lot of pressure. But like there and then, like that was a connection I needed as well. Like, you know, I can't do this anymore. And I'm very grateful to those people who actually pushed me and informed me and everything. So, um, yeah, I've actually tried to pay it forward ever since. So I'm very grateful for that. Do you make the animal noises to other people now? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know if in Spain that will work. They very much know what they're doing. Um, that's the thing. Like, it's it's... Here, just as as in the UK, I can imagine, um, y- you know, in in Belgium, you don't walk into a supermarket and you see half a pig hanging down. Yeah, Here, yes. people oh, have, yes. yeah, that's the thing. It's it's still very different, and um, it's still much more steeped in, you know, um, you know, you still have bullfights in Spain and everything like that. So in that sense, they have catching up to do. That is just like many cultures. Um, so if I would do it here, I don't know what kind of reaction I will get. Um, I I did a lot of activism, various sorts and everything like that. So rather than just making animal uh, uh, sounds, because when you're around the table, when people are stuffing their face with uh, with food, it's normally not the best way to do it. Not it's not the best time. There's so much cognitive dissonance and get bad bad reactions. Um, when actually people talk about my food like and want to ask like oh well did you go vegan and we're eating i just tell them like you know let's eat in and after you, you yeah exactly yeah they'll get less, I've had less angry <laughs> so many times often like often it's when i've been out with for a meal with work colleagues yeah. and you know you order the vegan option and they'll say oh you, are you vegan because they don't know and you, <laughs> yeah. you say yeah yeah oh why is that then you're like let's 
you eat your dead animal first, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. I don't want to put you on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that, that's the thing, right? I mean, yeah, you don't have to do it then because you have so many other ways and, and, and times that you can do it. And, you know, the fact that you guys are running a podcast is just absolutely admirable you know it's it's absolutely amazing and and that's what we need no i'm I, absolutely this i know it's a tremendous effort i know it's difficult to get it out there with the the ocean of podcasts and even where you get them and everything i know it's very difficult to reach that kind of audience and everything like that but it's what we need um it's to really show that we're just all human beings but we see the world differently and we just want to be compassionate for everyone in it that's exactly it yeah we're just uh, we're just here for vegans and non-vegans. Just anyone who's who's v curious, if you like. Exactly. That's um, that's a one. That's a nice one. Yeah. Some oh. someone might hear something and think, "Oh yeah, actually, I'd never thought of it like that." Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Well, a big bingo question, Tim. Where'd you get your protein? Oh, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I've never been much of a foodie. And I cook very, very basic meals. Like in the beginning when I'm vegan, it's a lot of like experimenting. And especially if you're in your early 20s, you know, like it's you have the energy and everything and you try very, you know, exotic uh, recipes and everything like that. I bought an air fryer when I moved here about um, yeah, a couple of months ago um, because there's no oven. And so now I just put, you know, like veggies in there and it's like something with rice or lentils and so forth. Um, I'm right now actually co going back to running, uh, with the idea of going back to Catalonia as well, because here is just climbing and, and surfing because, you know, nature is destroyed anyway. And I trail run. Um, and now because in November, I'm going to do, um, another race, uh, that I did, um, two years ago as well. It's a 45 K in the mountains. Um, and it's, it's, Sorry. it's, I thought you, sorry Tim, I, I thought you said 45k then. I must have misheard you. Yeah. <laughs> no, believe me, that's actually on the low side. And I know you've had runners on here uh, before as well, people who ran a marathon every month and so forth. Uh, it's in a mountain, so it's like 2,700 meters uh, of altitude gain. Um, but I have a, a vegan friend actually in Australia um, um, with whom I actually worked uh, um, managing a vegan restaurant there as well. And he's gotten into trail running because of me. And we're talking so much about nutrition lately because of that and especially about protein and um you know how important it is as well and i get sufficient protein if i don't have you know those very long runs just from my food and it's just basic stuff um i do eat, i love seitan i'll make my own seitan from gluten and everything like that so i get sufficient there but i do take my protein uh, shakes especially after long runs, a 20K run, for example, I do take protein because, um, yeah, your muscles have to regenerate. It's not a normal, um, you know, physical effort, uh, a 20K even. So you you do have to replenish. Um, so, yeah, I get it from very basic food and then the very complex, um, I have to say, like like high-grade, high um, um, yeah, food um, sports nutrition as well. Um, do you want to name it? Do you have a particular product or just um now you can get hold of yeah now i'm trying one i can't even i can't have a look bear with me one second yeah go on (laughs) 
So uh, yeah. this is, uh, it's obviously vegan. It says that quite big yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, chocolate um, yeah, chocolate fa- flavor. Um, like it's that or cookies and vanilla and stuff. No matter what it is, it doesn't taste good, right? I don't, I don't <laughs> like taking it. Um, but it's, that it's is so nice. true. Yeah, it's just it's it's gross. So it's not like I take it to bulk up or anything like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it says as well, plant based, sugar free, free from artificial flavors and colors. I'm I won't uh, shout out the brand, um, unless you want to bleep it out, and then you can go to the brand and maybe get some sponsoring on. Um. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's horrible. It's by this company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's great. It it lasts a long time, and I get a good value for my um for my buck as well. I'm not sure it's the the best one. This one, I'm just testing it right now. Uh, I've tried mm. with several. Actually, my buddy in Australia um takes um pure protein, so it's pure um pea and rice. So, not the the urine, uh, but the actual <laughs> pea protein. So um. Yeah, it's you never know, right? Like, that would be extreme. I mean, they call beard, vegan. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, they call a vegan diet extreme, but drinking urine is is too hey, far. Bear grill <laughs> survives in the hotel, so yeah, that's. The thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the thing. It's just um, he says it's it's even worse than the the ones with the flavor with like chocolate flavor and everything. But you just gulp it down and um, you try to keep it down. But um, yeah, that that's the thing. Like it's it's just pure pea and and rice protein. So what you actually would eat, but just condensed. So you don't even need yeah. any of the the you know the fancy ones with the added aromas and you know what is it like a cocoa powder and so forth you can actually have something mm-hmm. that is purely um plant-based no chemicals and it's it's just a protein that they extract from there so yeah ah okay yeah so a lot more i guess it's well a bit more natural than like you say stuff that with loaded chemicals and flavorings added and stuff yeah 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 exactly and i might if i can get my hands on that uh, here in europe I, i'd actually like it more as well because i know there's no no aromas and no salts or anything like that mm. or or you know certain agents and anything. even though like this is absolutely you know way better than just the whey powder and everything like that and 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 other things uh, i might want to give it a try and see how i feel so what's the mm. best thing about being vegan uh, that's an obvious one right not hurting animals <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean that that that's the thing. Just knowing as well that you can be an example for people. I think. Um, mm. I'm, I have to be honest. Like especially here, I'm still an angry vegan. Like I'm still angry at what happens in the world. I still I'm very angry about mm. climate change and everything like that. And um, you know everything that happens. Um, but I do try to be as positive as possible towards people as well, um, and really show them like we can be kind without having to feel like we sacrifice and actually you know have a positive message in there and i think the best thing about being vegan on a second well the second best thing then um is inspiring other people to you know to follow uh, the example and yeah that's why i'm very happy as well to work with v label for example because you know all people that are mission aligned getting to work with partners and all 30 plus of them are just such amazing people. I I had the pleasure as well of of meeting them uh, recently in in March. We had a, a get together with all the partners and the international team, 
as well as uh, the founders um, in we went to Prague and it was amazing to just you know work with those people we had workshops and everything and you know there's so much experience and people from all over the world like from from Latin America uh, from you know all over Europe as well someone from South Africa uh, Asia and so forth and it's all people working towards the same goal and that is just to me that is that is amazing to actually feel that connected as well and know that these people are working for a better world as well that is a luxury that most people don't have to mm. really work towards bettering like most people are not in that space right like yeah you, know, so you might have that... one maybe two people at work that you know that are vegan if you're lucky yeah um none none if you're wes but um <laughs> certainly like I've, I, feel for you. I know of yeah two maybe three um but that's but that's it so yeah, yeah. having a having the whole organization is there that's fantastic yeah exactly 30 people from around the world in one place that's no no not That's not thir- cool well. not thirty people. We were we were um I think we were at a certain point sixty six or something because oh, we have yeah we have I think right now what is it um we're onboarding another country uh, as we speak so I think we have uh, thirty six partners in thirty seven countries if I'm correct <laughs> and those are partner organizations so um right, if you look. Yeah. So, for example, the one in Germany has been with us uh, for, I don't know how long is it? What is it? 18 years or something that they've been working with V-Label? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And their team, and because the partner in Germany, for example, is Provich, uh, which you might know as well. They're doing so much great work globally as well. They have so much expertise and so forth. And, and for example, the, the German team, they're bigger than the international team. Uh, for V label, so yeah, they they reach so many brands and so many people, and it's it's incredible. So it wasn't just like thirty people; it was sixty six people. It was a full Sorry. room, and it That's was just amazing. yeah, absolutely mind blown. Um, delicious food as well, but more than anything, like hearing those people with all their experience speak about what it really is to be in the trenches every day is yeah, it's it's I have to say it's heartwarming. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Love that. Love that. Okay. This might be a tricky one for you to answer. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite vegan product at the moment? <laughs> Gosh. Obviously, obviously not protein powder. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a difficult one. Um, because I that's the thing, right? I'm I wouldn't say I'm set in my ways with what I consume. Um but it, it's interesting because I just had a, a meeting with um, two of my colleagues that we went to to um, to Bucharest. One of our, my colleagues lived there, and um, actually, um, an inspiring colleague of mine. He's actually our co-director, Martin. He's from uh, from the Czech Republic. He's very much a foodie, knows so much about food as well, and is always very excited about um, you know new products and everything. And he likes to wander around supermarkets as well and find new stuff. And I'm the contrary. Um, so I, I, I'm not looking for the newest chocolate or anything like that. If you are actually V Label has a launched a box uh, right now with stuff from all over Europe, which is amazing because if you want to get to know stuff, you know, if you just go to Ooh. to 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 the website, you look at our Instagram, you'll you'll find it for sure. Um, but that's the thing. Like I'm not a foodie, so I don't really care too much if there's something new. Because I live such a basic food lifestyle, um, 
but I have to say I tried um, a couple of new milks that they brought out and uh, one of them, it was in Lidl as well and it was um, a mix of nuts and it was of their like luxury range. It did have the label on there and it was from, from I think pistachio, almond and something else. And I have to say my coffee never tasted better. And that was, yeah, that was something that I really appreciated. Um, even though it was like that limited availability that they sometimes have to tease people out and so forth. But um, yeah, that was just um, a very nice, um, un unforeseen um, product that I was absolutely uh, excited about once I, I tasted my coffee. Yeah. I, sorry, I can't give us just one no, no, straight answer. That. Like, that's what I like. It's just, yeah, sometimes a bit too no, complex. That's fine. One. Um, one, of our, one of our first uh, guests said their favorite vegan product was chickpeas. And oh, um, yeah. I mean, that's bang that's, on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic answer. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but we were both like, oh, we thought you were going to say Kit Kats or something. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried them yet. I know they say, you know, it, it's on, it's in big there, right? Like, like vegan Kit Kats and everything. But yes, yeah, I understand chickpeas. They're so versatile. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, but I haven't had one of the vegan Kit Kats for a while. And then I went in a, a local shop uh, the other day. And on the front of the vegan Kit Kat, it's called vegan Kit Kat, and in big letters, may contain milk. Ah, hmm. uh, yeah. But is, is it is it a vegan Kit Kat or is it not a vegan Kit Kat? Which is it? Is it traces or is it actual milk? So it's not in the ingredients, but I'm guessing it's contamination. Yeah. yeah. But still, if they put it that big on the front, then yeah, is it really a vegan Kit Kat? Yeah, that's indeed so frustrating. We, we we should get in touch with them and, and see to license them because then you'll de definitely have clarity. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. it's not it. easy to convince them though. I mean, like those like bigger brands and everything. It's 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 difficult, but they know that soon enough they'll have to yeah mm. like adhere to labels as well. But um, yeah, I I imagine I imagine you're holding off because of that as well. No. Yeah, and the I'm guessing the cost of. They've got to change the whole production line, haven't they? They've got to invest in duplicate equipment yeah. to make sure that it's produced on a separate line, so that then it there's no chance of contamination. And the cost of that, it must be enormous for a, for a, well for any company, but for a big company, if you're going to produce yeah. something on such scale, yeah, yeah. So that I'll, that I'll is, let them off. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the thing is as well, like even if we don't buy it, um, there is a lot of what would you call it? It's not really like greenwashing, but like vegan washing of products as well, especially, and that's the thing, right? Like there's a lot of, of um, retailers and brands that just put vegan on anything and then you find out it's not vegan because it hasn't been audited. There has been no inspection or anything. Um, so even like for KitKat, they can do whatever, although they might have a lot of backlash afterwards if it turns out it's not a vegan product, but they put it mm. in bold big letters on, on you know the front of the packaging. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if it's not 100% vegan and you would hold off because you don't trust it, um, you know, in that sense, they 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 notice that there's a shift in, in consumer demand. And to me, that is the biggest sign. Like, even if they don't do the audits and they're not officially, you know, licensed by us or another, uh, you know, another of the labels uh, out there, of the vegan labels, um, they know, like, they, they, see, they see it coming on the horizon and they're trying things out already. So they will pivot. And 
in that sense, I am still very hopeful um, that within 10 years, hopefully we'll see, you know, different kinds of supermarkets and, and, and mm. very different products on the shelves. Yeah. Things brought. Hmm. That would be good. So Tim, what would, um, what advice would you give to anyone who comes to you, wants to go vegan? To take it very slow. Um, don't rush yourself. Don't beat yourself over the head once you go vegan for not having done it earlier. And that was definitely something that I had to cope with. Like, what have I done? Like, what have I been educated into? Um, but more than anything, it depends as well. Like, if it's someone who, you know, just wants to, that's the thing, right? Like, have they changed paradigm? Is it really regarding, they see the world in a different light right now? Is it really like now they see that violence and they're confronted with it every time they walk into a supermarket? I think they're, for those people, I would say make sure you get mental health support if it's too much. Talk to people, get out into nature and try to find happiness in the small things as well because that's sometimes difficult. And that's very different advice for someone who's a flexitarian and thinks, oh yeah, you know, I know it's it's climate change and everything. Like they don't s still identify with, you know, veganism as such, for example, and, and don't necessarily see the world differently, but they know that there's a necessity to make those changes. And there I, I would definitely say just participate for example in in those challenges you know veggie challenges vegan challenges uh veganuary and so forth because they're amazing at supporting uh people um you know try to find as well local uh, vegan groups if you can um mm -hmm. to just meet people have potlucks and so forth surround yourself with people who are you know already um lead that kind of lifestyle and and can actually show you the ropes and everything like that and take it slow enough um, it's baby steps. And if you have to reduce first and then vegetarian and then, you know, like vegan three times a week, if that's the path you need to actually get there, go for it. If you're ready to make that change immediately, go for it as well. That's the thing. Like as long as we go there and we know that where we're going. Yes, absolutely. And um, I know I always uh, bang on about it um, and Wes gets really annoyed, but um, vegan runners for me the uh, running club was provided that service nice. if you like um, yeah. because um, as soon as you join up and it's like nine quid a year you get put in touch with like your local rep who will contact you and you know meet you at the local park run or just um, that's amazing you know a run or whatever so it's a yeah it's a really good way of finding other vegans because yeah. you know how else are you going to do it yeah Community. Um, uh, we could so all get the logo tattooed on our head, perhaps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although it's it's nice as well to to sneak into situations where, like you, like where people don't realize you're vegan, and then that's the thing, right? Like if they don't know immediately. I mean, I'm tattooed. I have, um, you know, now they're they're a bit small, but like these, uh, it, you know, like you know, oh yeah, I can see them. Yeah. Dilatations and so forth. Um, that's the thing like i i very much look the the part as well so people can expect it from me um but nevertheless it's nice when people get to know you and it's not the first thing that get to know about you and then it's like oh oh wait you're you're vegan really and that's a nice way as well to just like be vegan in very normal situations and, and very general situations so yeah yeah oh you're vegan i thought you were normal 
normal plus oh yes i'm normal plus so who's your vegan inspiration then you mentioned you know your best friend who went vegan at the same time and um some of your colleagues but um any anybody else any any other shout outs that you might have Honestly, yeah. I mean, so definitely kudos to the people who who brought me to veganism, uh, because I know definitely like there's a couple of individuals out there. There's so many people who are truly inspirational. Um, you know, I have no heroes because when they fall, you know, <laughs> so and that's the thing, right? Like especially with with certain personalities, and they go vegan, and then suddenly they're not vegan anymore. There's People I admire just for the, the amount of work they do, activists who do it anonymously, for example, as well. Um, so really who I admire is, is everyone who's out there contributing. Um, I've worked with some amazing, amazing people throughout the years in a, a wide variety of settings. Um, I At university, I set up um, a, a student's organization um you know, to, to promote veganism and um, talk about speciesism and so forth. And I worked with a couple of people who are way younger than myself, um, who just recently turned vegan and had so much passion and, and, you know, such a motivation. And just to see those people just dig in and give it their all, um, it's very difficult to just pick one individual, yeah, honestly. Sure. That's, that's oh, the yeah. thing. Um, that must be so motivating to have to see you know that sort of that, that sort of enthusiasm in, in yeah. so many people that's yeah. i love that yeah exactly yeah that's the thing when you feel sometimes alone in a non-vegan world if you think about all the organizations all the sanctuaries all the people who are out there on the streets and everything like that even if you think like that kind of activism is not really something that i think either helps you know is is the most effective and efficient um or you might not fully agree with for example um because you know the intention is there right they try yes. to change the world in their way and i think that pluralism is important as well to recognize that and to know that they do it because they have the same feelings towards animals and the world like you the mm. way of trying to change people's behavior is just different and yeah I, that's definitely something that i i appreciate as well to see all those different efforts and it made me feel less alone in, in many moments of my life as well when you thought like ah oh, why is it like this and I you know I know I'm not the only one going through with this yeah absolutely so do you have hope for the future then you mentioned uh, you mentioned it earlier on but now we're yeah. here that's a difficult question mate um it is it's it is difficult um there's this, and actually, Martin, my the co-director of V-Label International, I recommended a series recently, Extrapolations. Uh, I think it's from like Apple TV, I think, uh, and it's about climate change. And um, every chapter, I've, I've, I don't watch a lot of series or anything. Um, I've I've seen two episodes so far. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue. I'll be honest. Uh, every episode is set like so many years further in the future. And it's really purely about climate change and everything like that. And it gets worse and worse, apparently. Yeah. And I felt like, oh, you're still quite optimistic with your predictions. Like 2057 and we're still living in normal cities. And I'm like, that's like 30 years ago, uh, 30 years away, 35 years ago. I 
honestly, and I'm sorry for people listening, I don't want to give anyone more climate anxiety that they might have. Um, but to me, yeah, I have, I'll be honest, um, we have to talk about mental health. I have a big sense of dread because right now I'm going back to, you know, to Barcelona and um, even here, like I, I'm in Cantabria right now, which is, you know, part of Northern Spain, they used to have more rain, but in, in Catalonia, uh, they're in a bit of a state of alert because they haven't had pop proper rain in about half a year or something like that. And there's, of course, a big risk of, um, you know, of forest fires and so forth. But as mm. well, you know that the, the water reservoirs are being depleted and everything like that. So in that sense, capitalism, Elon Musk wanting to send people to space in rockets that just burn up so much fuel, put so much CO2 in there, and then he's boasting about electric vehicles. And I'm thinking, like, can't you put your $44 billion in something else than, a, you know, an online platform or something like that? So yeah. do I believe in in the fate of humanity? I'm absolutely not a, a tech optimist. Um, but I do think even more than 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 veganism in itself because that we know it's very difficult right like the term has existed since what is it 46 uh, 1946 and ever since you know the vegan society as well like doing a lot of work and all the organizations throughout the world and v label and so forth and look how many we are we're still we're still very much a minority so i do think that the change will come from the markets and i think the markets will have to change within hopefully just a couple of years cultured meat cultured dairy and that they will just force out um within capitalism because we can't let's be honest we can't get rid of that system uh overnight like no matter what kind of activism you do um that is here at the time being unless there's like oh, a global collapse that is the system we're going to have to accept for at least the next i don't know how many decades so if you can't undo the system like how do you change the system so it's less evil so to speak and i think for example cultured meat will be a game changer in that sense um because i know most people who don't want to go vegan they might have to get cultured meat because there's no hormones in there it will be you know in maybe 10 15 years cheaper than normal meat um they they'll have to cut all the um the subsidies you know for example in europe there's so much money that still goes to 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 meat to dairy all these industries that lobby real hard that then overproduce have a lot of emissions and when they're not happy you know when they actually want to put restrictions for emissions or cut subsidies like in in the netherlands they actually sprayed um cow crap uh over the i think the, it was the european parliament uh, like half a year ago um, because they were protesting um, because they had to lower their CO2 emissions. So, you know, that industry, they're going to be on their knees. And I they're going to need a lot of support to change, aren't they? Otherwise, well, let's they, be honest. they will just all be made yeah, homeless I mean, and redundant. They? Well, that that's the thing. Like, they, yeah, farmers will have to pivot. They, mm. they, they won't be able to sustain. So... There's a couple of really good projects. Um, um, it's the book Grilled by... I forgot the name. Um, she's amazing. She's from uh, Mercy for Animals. Um, I think it's her. Um, she did... Um, um, Garcia, I think her name is. 
um, her surname. Um, she actually was talking to um, uh, chicken farmers in the US on how they're trapped as well in those those contracts and so forth and how difficult it is to get out. And there are projects to actually transition farmers um, out of those contracts and, and that necessity to actually work with animals and actually do something better with you know whatever they have like fields or, or or location or so forth but let's be honest yes so many of them will be out of a job um mm -hmm. same with ai self-driving cars and everything so they'll have to adapt like any one of us um but to me the you know the priority and I'll, I'll be honest is not jobs right now it's really like animal lives climate change uh, our health um human population nutrition as well with the droughts and everything is way more difficult and even now we can't cater to you know people in in you know in in regions where they're actually um dealing with famine um so if you can imagine you can you can just culture a couple of tons of of um of meat or anything or you can put a plant somewhere close close by you know it's so easy to fly it out and and have way less emissions so yeah for the benefit of all i think that is going to be one of the biggest steps forward so yeah am i hopeful <laughs> there's this very um very difficult balance there tim tim we're at the end i can't yeah. believe it yeah and our time so is quick. actually running out as again like it's it's oh, no, oh my gosh oh my it's, god Ten at night. I'm, I'm sorry for just talking an hour straight. We love it. That's what we got you on for. It's been, uh, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much. No, thank um, you guys. Really um, appreciate it. Yeah. You're doing such a tremendous job. Um, thank you so much. I'm definitely going through all of the episodes because you guys are so fascinating and <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. It's been an, not just a pleasure, but absolutely an honor. Oh, thank awesome. you. Thank, thank you. you. We're very, we're very grateful for you for, for coming on. That was fascinating, and I've, it's I've loved every episode that we've done. But when you feel you can talk to someone for hours, I love. I love yes, I do love that. Yeah, that was that was really, really, really good, and yeah, it was just so relaxed and. Like you say, we could have talked to talked to all night, really, couldn't we? About just about stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a great chat. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, can't believe how he was like. You guys are amazing. What you're doing is amazing. I'm like, actually, what you're doing is amazing. I know. Yeah, and it's him with licensing fifty thousand products with his logo, and us two talking to five people. Yeah. Also, actually, what I was going to say. Um, this is something. So uh, early on, I said to him about certain social media posts that have like I've seen where Lidl have got it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't calling him out. No, it was getting him to explain the process more. Yeah, I didn't think you were calling him out. No, no, that's fine. No, it was a that was a really really interesting chat. That was. Mm. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I don't like that. a lot. I don't like hope. I'm feeling really miserable. <laughs> yeah. It's um have you watched Don't Look Up yet? No, I don't want to. No. It's um that's um I feel like this is the close the only time I've ever felt like Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Okay. And obviously he's his character, not him. I can imagine. But, um 
there's a scene when he he goes off at the he goes off on one on the on a TV chat show, and I just feel like doing that quite a lot at <laughs> the minute. Yeah, it's like what the fuck are you doing? Come on. Yeah, and it's like that. Like so, I said, but like I was talking about in the intro about that conversation I had. It's like people just come back at you with the next, the next problem, the next problem, the next problem, and even though I said um, before about I've started using that there is no argument if you're killing an animal. Whatever mm. argument you're coming at me with, there's still no reason to kill an animal. And it's still coming back to that's what's always happened. Yeah, but it's, it doesn't have to be that way. No. Oh. That's it. We'd, we'd all be dead if you had to eat animals, wouldn't we? We had, we had, there was one part part of the discussion about um, no, it's gone again. Literally, it came and then went. <laughs> floated in and floated away. You'll have it as soon as we finish re- recording. Yeah. Like the French say, um, "L'esprit d'escalier," the idea on the stairs. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a that's a thing. The idea, you know, when you've finished a conversation and then you walk away and you remember. Oh yeah, I should have said that, but it's too late now. Yeah, found out really, this is not vegan related. Found out a very, very interesting fact today. Couldn't believe it. Josh sent me it. So the Mission Impossible two. Yes. Oh my god, I was going to ask you about that. Amazing. That. He just sent it to me, and I was like, "That is crazy." And if you put, explain it, explain if, it to the listener. So okay, you're putting this, you're putting this in anyway. So yeah, 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 yeah thing goes something like this. I can't believe I'm singing on this bloody podcast. <laughs> so we take the 38 episodes, listener. No, nice and slowly is better because you get more of a feel for it. Like that. Morse code for M I. Dash dash dot dot. Dash dash. Incredible. Dot dot. Who would have thought it? All these years, it's just a tune. It's just incredible, isn't it? Yeah. How it, it's, that's simple. so simple. And yet, so good. Ah, oh, it's just, just amazing. It blew my mind when you said, when you sent me that. I was just like, what? All right. All right. Love it. Absolutely. Not being related, but a fun, interesting fact nonetheless. Yeah. Oh, we're all over that. We're yeah. all over it. Anyway, I think I'd better go and pick my daughter up from a friend's house. Oh, you've got one. Before you do, before you do, just remembered. We had Chad from Top Vegan TV oh, on. Yes, it's the final this week. It's the final this week. And they have launched some merch, which is Chad's Pink Vegan Beanie. Happy days. Only available in the US. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> I did check. I saw they'd um, they'd launched it, so I asked for a link, and uh, yeah, they only shipped to the US so far. So far, so far. But I mean, friend of the podcast. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> get him to gift. Might get him to gift one to us. Yeah. Two. When he's uh, two. When when he's a multimillionaire. No, I told you I can't have a pink one because it'll look like I'm not wearing one. <laughs> <laughs> it just look like my bald head. <laughs> oh. Right. Uh, anyway. 
anyway right thanks for listening thank you and uh hope you've enjoyed it and if not keep quiet don't tell anyone <laughs> yeah thanks everyone thank you like and subscribe and um share with your milkman tell your milkman only you plan your vegan like milkman it's got to be yeah 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 obviously um and yeah if you want to get in touch um to tell us anything that we're good at uh and anything that we can improve then just send us an email at oivegampodcast at gmail.com or message us on our social medias and thank you very much for listening Thank you.